It's the end of December, and I'm winding up the year in Gabawanamyo, a tiny community on the Arnhem Plateau. It's at the start of the road here, and if you drive on it for about 8 to 10 hours and you don't get stuck in a river crossing, you arrive in Darwin. I'm the only white fella out here this time. The others are away for Christmas and New Year. Everyone here is just relaxing and taking it easy. Though I can't say we're really happy, a lot of Aboriginal people have gone to Darwin and we've been getting almost daily calls from people about those on life support or people who've passed away. Everyone here seems to think it would be better if people stayed out on their country in one of the dry communities away from alcohol and the humbug of city life. I left Darwin for Arnhem Land at the end of April and apart from three breaks, I've spent most of the year out here. I'm starting to speak the local language Gunwingu and learning more each day. This is a language based on verbs and I love how you can pack so much inside a single verb like adverbs, nouns and pronouns and it makes a whole sentence in a single word. I fancy that Germans would like this language and hopefully even switch to it. I've been learning a different way to be out here. On the face of it, it's much slower and the days blend into each other. Out here, time isn't a line, it's more like a circle, looping in on itself like the kinship system does. I walk around and sit with people, or they come and sit with me, and we hang out, drink tea, make a cake, get bark for painting, or sometimes make a language recording. I'm included in that kinship system now, and people call me sibling, father, son, poison cousin, and so on. It feels like I've lost some of my autonomy, one conversation that one of my fathers and I loop on is the idea of a bush university. How can Aboriginal people pass on their knowledge and build their capacity to do research at the interface between ancestral and Western ways of knowing? What form of recognition would be good locally and nationally? How can we get started on the ground with what we have, which is essentially nothing more than our wits? Recently, as I've wandered around this community, I've come to think of each camp of which there are about a dozen, is like a room of a house. When I'm at home in the lounge room and I get up off the couch and go to the kitchen, I don't do any leave-taking with the occupants of the lounge room. I might just say, OK, I'm going to cook dinner. I don't say goodbye. That's how it is here too. If I leave someone's place, it's the normal and expected thing to just walk off. I might say, ma, OK, or ma guinye manme, I'm going to cook some food, but not bobo, goodbye. I'll save that for when I get on the little plane in a few hours' time. This year I've been learning Gunwingu. I've experienced the deeper connection it enables, the pleasure on people's faces in the rare situation where they're recognised as the authority. I've also enjoyed learning how to teach other visitors like me how to get started with their own language learning. I think I've worked out a good pathway into picking up this language without reducing it to writing in the process. Only a handful of whitefellas have ever learnt to speak Gunwingu, Everyone who's tried and failed tells me that they're not good at learning languages, but I've come to realise that being bad at learning languages is not a thing. It's just people believing that they're bad at learning languages, probably because of bad experience of learning language at school, where the focus is still on rote learning of the formal written language instead of oral communication with real speakers using the vernacular. From my perspective sitting here, I want to ask why anyone in Australia would bother with an irrelevant language like German when they could learn to speak Australian. 
It excites me that there are still about 15 Australian languages still being learnt by children. I found this an emotionally strange place to be. The isolation and the space press in on you. Out here, you have to hold on to yourself. There's nowhere to go if you lose your shit. I find that I can't journal about more than the superficial. I can't do the creative writing that sustained me elsewhere. This is not a place where I can afford to reflect deeply. When you're swimming out in the ocean, you don't want to dive. You don't want to put your head under. I began this year casting myself out into the unknown. I left my job of 15 years and volunteered in a remote indigenous bilingual school. It was no midlife crisis, just a decision to live by my values, even if it was uncomfortable. The elation of resigning didn't wear off the next day, or even the next month. Such a weight lifted off my shoulders, and I experienced such lightness of being. And then, day-to-day life in this indigenous community. It's an exercise in mindfulness. You have to stay in the present. After six months, I landed a research professorship, which will enable me to continue this language work into the future. And along the way, I've had the opportunity to work in the early learning centre of a primary school in Darwin and with newly arrived refugees at Darwin High School. And I've produced three treasure language storytelling shows, each one a celebration of linguistic diversity. All these people, children, teenagers and adults, have touched my life with their trust. One moment stands out. It was in Melbourne in February, not long before I left. A Nigerian man who I knew from his market stall got up on stage at one of our shows and spoke in his native Yoruba. Before addressing the audience, this man, Kunli Odesua, turned to face Man D. Nicholson, an indigenous woman who is reviving Woiwurrung, the original language of Melbourne. Mandy had just delivered a welcome to country in her language, and the audience was waiting to hear the first story of the night. We didn't understand what Kunli was saying as he bowed to Mandy. But we knew this Nigerian immigrant was acknowledging the original inhabitants of this place, not as an English-speaking coloniser, but as a fellow Indigenous person. I believe this might be a first for Australia. Imagine an Australia like that, one that finally embraces its Indigenous peoples.